everybody. Welcome to I Used to Be a Therapist. I'm so glad you're here. I hope you're having a really great day and enjoying the nice weather outside, at least where we are. Today, I have something really exciting to share with you. You now have an opportunity to become a member of our podcast tribe, and I seriously would love to have you join me. If you are a regular listener, you need to check out our new Patreon membership site and become a member. We have opened up our Patreon site and have some really amazing things that we're offering at every level of our podcast tribe membership. I can't tell you how helpful this is to us, supporting our podcast each month so that we can make a difference in people's lives. It's, it's making a difference. I can't tell you how many stories I've heard about how each episode, each story has helped someone move past their hurt and start healing. If you listen regularly and enjoy what we do, go check out our membership perks on Patreon. The link is going to be in the show notes. This month, because it's our first month, I'm sending each Patreon member an autographed copy of my book, The Essentially Better Life. The memberships start at just $5 a month. So go check them out. Okay, now to the real stuff. I've been loving the summer. How about you? It's just been so good to slow down and have life a little bit slower. So I just wanted to check in with you. Are you having a slower summer than usual? I have actually decided to just enjoy my time at home and not stress about all the things that I can't do. I'm settling into just sitting on my porch and drinking coffee in the morning. I've actually really liked it. It's been a good, slow pace of life that I think I needed and just didn't know it. And today, on this beautiful morning, I am really looking forward to sharing this episode of I Used to Be a Therapist with you. I get to introduce you to my friend, Anne Seagraves. Anne and I have connected online because we are in some common groups. And honestly, I never thought that I would make friends online. But I have been so surprised. Anne is one of just a couple people who I would say I seriously connected with and am so glad to have them as my friend. I love her gentle spirit and her authentic insights that have come from real life experience. You are going to love her. Anne Seagraves is a mind-body mentor and coach. You get to hear her story today, but just to give you a quick sneak peek, Anne has firsthand experience with over 30 years of chronic pain both physical and emotional, she has an amazing story of transformation. Her background is in healthcare and education. She holds a bachelor's of science in exercise physiology and has worked within the healthcare system in both exercise physiology and physical therapy. She homeschooled her two children and has worked as an educator in the public school systems as well. Over the last few years, she has invested heavily in her own training and self-development. Her mission is to support women who are suffering and help them move past their suffering to reach their full potential. Anne says that the journey she took to get to this point was one of rediscovering her own inner truth and uncovering her authentic self. This journey literally activated and unlocked her innate healing power, she says. And now she takes women on that same evolutionary journey with love, compassion, and integrity. If you have ever experienced chronic pain, or you know someone who has, 
This is something you will want to listen to over and over again. I know it. It's going to add value to your day. There are some powerful truths in here. Let's listen in. I'm Dr. Wendy Bruton, and I used to be a therapist. Welcome to my podcast. Each week, I'll be sharing life stories, interviews, and information that I know will be of value to you and to your life and to the lives that you touch. If you need a therapist or just someone who used to be a therapist, I hope that this is a place where you feel valued, valuable, and learn to move forward from what you used to be. I'm so glad you're here. being with with us today here and it's yeah. fun I get to see you on zoom where we get to zoom but we're clear across the country isn't that amazing it's pretty fun <laughs> and and now we're all used to zoom I think everybody in the world because right. <laughs> well at least at the time of that we're recording this we're all still in quarantine so yeah Okay, well, we're going to talk about your story today, and I'm excited to have you tell us and share with us your story of transformation today. But first of all, I I want you to talk a little bit about yourself. Uh, Tell us a little bit about who you are, your job, where you live, all that stuff. Well, I'm currently living at the beach somewhere that I, way back when I was a little girl, I would talk about this was where I wanted to live but never imagined in a million years that I would be living here. Uh And here I am living here and walking twice a day along the beach. And it's, it's amazing. I I've been married for over 32 years, but I'm currently separated from my husband. Uh We've been separated for over seven months now. Uh And that's actually truly amazing because he and I are closer than ever. We, um, when I first started on my, my, um, conscious journey, sure. he, um, he was very, uh, he didn't know what the hell was going on with me <laughs> and he was, um, frustrated and jealous mm-hmm. and resentful. And eventually he, he jumped in. And so he has had major transformation as well. So he and I have become, you know, spiritual partners. That's amazing. And yeah, so it's amazing whether we will um, continue how our relationship is going to look, time will tell. Mm-hmm. At this point, we know that living separately is still just after, you know, all the years of stuff. Mm-hmm. We really just need to keep on our individual journeys and keep building our relationship you know, more from the ground up together, but apart. Well, good. Well, okay. So what do you do for a job? And so I am a mind body mentor. Mm -hmm. I work with women over 40 who are suffering, you know, living in a place of um, being trapped in their bodies with chronic illness, chronic pain. Mm -hmm. And I assist them in, you know, walking with them in traveling inward, journeying inward to really understand the power that they have to heal themselves. And so that really is what I do is I help them to heal with the power that resides within them. I love that. That's one of the things that really drew me to you is your work with chronic pain. I think that's such a needed thing. So I worked for the last year or so with a chronic pain clinic and just have a real heart 
for that population of folks that deal with pain every day. So, so I love that, that you're doing that. Let's talk a little bit about your life before your life-changing experience, whatever that was, we're going to hear, but let's talk about your life before. What were your expectations for your life and what did it look like and all of that? Um, You know, I really had gotten, I had been dealing with chronic illness for decades. Mm -hmm. And so my expectations for myself really were just to get by. For me, I felt like I was on a hamster wheel with punching gloves on. And as time went on, I shut down more and more emotionally. Mm -hmm. And it was like I had built this, this block of ice around me. And it really, you know, from the time I was a little girl, I don't really remember a time when I didn't, I wasn't experiencing anxiety. Mm -hmm. I was taking belladonna drops in water to help calm my, you know, my anxious stomach. And I had motion sickness. So you really had anxiety in your body as well as just not just your, your brain or your emotions, but you felt it, experienced it in your body. Yeah, I really didn't realize what it was. I just knew that, you know, how I was feeling in my gut. And so I didn't really know that it was anxiety. But when I look back as far back as I can remember, I was an anxious person Mm -hmm. and a highly sensitive person. And that was something that I didn't come to realize until not very long ago. So that's kind of another story as well. That's sort of a, a trans transitional, um, piece of my story as well. Well, that's for another time. That'll be great to have you back here and we'll talk about that. But let's keep going here. Tell us a little bit about when you came to this changing point. When was it an event? Was it over time? I mean, what was that experience like for you? Well, you know, I I'd say that it was over time. If I look back and I I go I connect the dots, there were there were things that were happening that were kind of leading me to um, cry more crises, you know, mm-hmm. and those crises gradually brought a, a wake up call. But I guess one of the big crises was when my husband, he, he had a breakdown. He mm-hmm. was, he had been experiencing anxiety to the point where he was having panic attacks. He also suffered from intense migraines. And so I was living this life of trying to manage my physical symptoms and work and try to still, you know, be the mom I thought I was supposed to be and, and take care of him and try to determine if he was having a migraine or a panic attack. Well, he had a panic attack that just was over the top. I had to call emergency. We ended up in the hospital, you know, in ER for three days in and out. And he was diagnosed with conversion disorder. It was he would actually like kind of revert, he would have these seizures Mm -hmm. and he would revert back to like he was a child. Mm. So I, that was a a point where I just said, it was like I was having an out-of-body experience because I was miserable physically, but I had to just, you know, keep on doing what I needed to do with him. And I came to a point where I said, I cannot be a, a wife and a caretaker anymore. And that is when he and I, our, our relationship transitioned Mm -hmm. and we, I stopped, we stopped sharing a bed Mm -hmm. and, um, so, but I, was that really the moment that you knew things were going to change or was there a moment in time where you were 
just over the top and you just said, okay, this is the, this is the time things are changing in my life. I think the moment, um, that moment was sitting in that hospital feeling more lonely than I had ever felt Mm. feeling like I wanted to get in the car and drive so far away that nobody would ever find me again. Mm -hmm. And so that was that point, I think, where I realized that something had to change. So that was one event. And then when I had a kidney stone was when that really brought me to my knees because I was already suffering so much physically and trying to manage everything. And I, when you experience a kidney stone. I've had a kidney stone. Worst thing, worst pain I've ever had. Right. And the, and the nausea you're throwing up. And I was the fact that I couldn't go to work and, and be available to the teachers that I worked with and the students, I was in such a state of panic that I wasn't meeting other people's needs that I was failing. Mm -hmm. And that was always my motto was I was looking you know, I had to be enough out in the world to, um, to make me feel okay. And when I wasn't doing what I thought was enough for other people, then I just totally went into a major frenzy. Yeah. And, and ironically enough, a medical, my medical doctor who, you know, that did not serve me in, in helping me to heal my body. But I went to him after I had the kidney stone and I was still dealing with so much nausea. And he he really put me in my place and said, Anne, the kidney stone is gone. This is anxiety. And you have got to calm down and take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. And that that was a freaking wake-up call for me. I did not share that with anybody for a super long time. I just recently told my mom that, and she's like, I had never heard that. And I said, yeah, because I was so humbled. I was so, you know, that, that he had to put me in my place mm-hmm. like that when I was usually just Miss Tough. And it was always like, you know, you suck it up. You do what you need to do. Mm-hmm. And so he really, he, I ended up asking, you know, to take a leave of absence from my job which turned into also just a, a part of my transformation because I realized I was no longer aligned with the public school system and education sure. and, and like that. But he assisted me in, in just helping me to realize, All okay, you've got to, you've got to stop. I have a question. Uh, you were saying before that really you had understood your anxiety because like you, you started experiencing anxiety because you weren't able to meet your, you know, your responsibilities for other people. And you didn't feel like you were enough, right? Like that whole experience of not feeling like you're enough for people. And so you were going on in life really, I mean, sounds like you experienced your life throughout your life. Just really not wanting, thinking that I was enough, not thinking you were enough and that you needed to help people feel better or be caregiving to other people. So I'm interested in how it was for you and like what it was really like for you to hear your physician say you have to take care of yourself. Like when people have that experience and they don't feel like they're enough and they want to take care of everybody else to in order for them to feel okay about themselves, it's sometimes a huge thing to say, okay, I have to take care of myself. 
You know, I, I knew for so long, well, I, I was such a big fake and I'd known for so many years that I was living behind this facade mm -hmm. to just try to get by. And so, yes, really, when the doctor said that to me, I, it actually, to me was somebody was giving me fricking permission uh, to take care of myself. Like you knew you needed to, but you just didn't. Right. And I, I didn't know how to jump off the hamster wheel. I just didn't know how. I was just too scared. Sure. And I thought I was just being so courageous, so tough. And, you know, I've come to learn that it's vulnerability that is really what makes us courageous, mm -hmm. not shutting down emotionally. But that was a message that I had received a long time ago, that that was really, you know, you suck it up. Sure. So yeah, he gave me that permission. That's amazing. And that doesn't happen all the time with physicians. So that is really, you're very, very blessed that that happened for you. Yes. So when you did have this kind of, okay, I'm I have to do something about this. I have to do something for me. I need to quit my job. I need to just change my life because this is not working the way it is. Did you have an, a time where you felt that in your body? I mean, I'm asking that to a lot of people, you know, as, as we go through this, this season of my podcast, but especially for you because of your chronic pain, did you experience that emotion somewhere in your body that you can remember? I think for me, it, it might mainly was in my, um, my chest. Mm. I would get heart palpitations and, mm. and I would have a hard time taking a deep breath, mm. catching my breath. You know, I would find myself just trying to breathe deeply. And it was just so I, I just couldn't do it. It was just always this tightness there that just made me realize something was not right. Mm -hmm. So when your doctor said, okay, it's time, you need to do something for yourself or this is not, it's going to get bad. You quit your job. Then what happened? Tell us the rest or you know, okay. keep going. I'm yes. <laughs> I took a leave of absence, but then I ultimately did leave my job. And at that point I said, you know what? I am going to care for myself. I'm making me number one. And so I started well, I was really interested in the, um, the spiritual realm. I started listening to spiritual teachers a lot. Uh -huh. I started walking, power walking twice a day, which became a walking meditation and very therapeutic. I started practicing yoga, practicing meditation. And besides, you know, taking care of the house and the shopping and the bills and that kind of stuff, that was all I did all day long. And that was great. I, I needed that time, but I also started to become a bit of a recluse. Mm. I, I really going to be with family, having to travel or be in circumstances where I couldn't control my the temperatures and the environment and the food because I had limited my diet so much because of histamine intolerance and all of these things that were going on. So I was still in a place of fear and of wanting to step outside my comfort zone at all. I had created this safe little haven for myself as safe as I could feel within my symptoms that I was still, you know, in the midst of. And so then I had to realize, okay, um, something, you know, has to change here and I have to start 
making little efforts to step outside my comfort zone. I ended up finally after, you know, months of seeking solutions to my physical problems outside of myself and coming to the conclusion that, you know, I connected with Dr. Um, John Sarno and his teachings. And I realized that the missing, I knew that emotions were involved, but I still thought something was wrong with my body. When I started to listen to Dr. John Sarno and read his books um, and read a book by Steve Ozanich about mind-body syndrome, I realized this is the missing piece. And that is that I have been suppressing and repressing emotions. Mm -hmm. And I have this reservoir of rage that's just, you know, flowing out, seeping out. And, and although that did calm down when I started to care for myself, I really had to take a deep dive inward and start really digging in to what was going on and realizing that all of my chronic illness, all of my chronic pain was unfelt emotions that were being that had manifested in my body. And that was huge. That is huge. Yes. So I know with folks with chronic pain, one of the big things that happens is that, you know, they hear over and over again from many people, like, there's nothing wrong with you, like your pain is in your head or whatever. And that is just not true. Like it's yeah. not true. The pain is real. It's very real pain. It's ex yes. you experience serious real pain and so people who say, you know, it's in your head, it's just not exactly true, but I mean, our bodies and our our brains are created in such a way that we experience emotional pain and physical pain in the exact same place. Right? Absolutely. And so when one increases, the other increases. It never can be increased or decreased separately. It's fascinating to me. It is. And so people, I, I love that you were saying that. I mean, I love that you talk about how, you know, you had to come to realize that a lot of your pain, if not all of it was created from those emotions. Yes. So, and, and that all comes about in all of us because of these neural pathways that we create within our brains based on the conditioned ideas that we have been taught to believe are true. And that has passed down from through our lineage from sure. generation to generation. And that is how we come to be who we think we are. Mm. And that is all so wrong. <laughs> it's, it's really, yeah. that's, that's beautiful. So I want to kind of go back a little bit to this. You're starting on this transformation journey. First of all, I want to know how you even came up with an idea to like where you wanted to start. Who told you where to start? You know, nobody really told me where to start. I think I was just starting to um, hear whispers uh. of my inner voice because I had slowed down enough to let some of my thoughts kind of, you know, subside just enough to where I was able to hear my inner voice mm, and, and start that. to just follow that intuition about what, what I needed. That's very brave, by the way. It's very brave to, to follow that intuition. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's vulnerable, but that's what it takes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So 
as you're starting this, how did that impact your relationships? I mean, it had to have, right? So how did that, uh, as you're going through this new understanding of who you are, this new discovery piece of your body and your mind, all of those things, how did it impact those relationships? Yeah, it, well, you know, my husband, I mentioned earlier that it was not pleasant there for a while because he, he didn't know who I was and he would walk in, he was a teacher and he'd walk in after his day and he just didn't understand what was happening to me. And so that was really difficult. We had some really knock down, drag out conversations, but really they weren't fights because I was in a place of just letting him be who he needed to be and, mm. and just processing what I was experiencing. Mm-hmm. And that was really hard for him that I was no longer pouncing. Mm-hmm. I was no longer reacting to him. Sure. You changed the, the dance. Absolutely. And that was really hard for him for a long time. It's very uncomfortable. And my, my kids, although they were adults, you know, they're now 26 and 31. And so that's now been, you know, two, three years ago, but they, you know, it was difficult for them. He, they knew that my husband and I, that the dynamics were changing in our marriage. And so they, they had a hard time and we had some ups and downs and, um, and it's still not perfect, perfect, but my son and I, you know, we just kind of have this understanding and he's really not ready to go there with some conversations and that's okay. My daughter and I, you know, we've had some conflict over the years. She went through some really difficult times in her teen years. And now when I see, it's like I, the struggle that I was having was because I was looking in the mirror, watching her experience what she was, is I was looking at in the mirror at my own self and the facade that I had been living for so long. But because I've come to this place where I don't need her to, her journey to be anything other than what she wants her journey to be. She and I are just, you know, our relationship is just becoming more and more beautiful all the time because without me having to say it, she just knows and is experiencing the energy from me that says, you know what, sweetie, you are perfect and beautiful, just like you are. And I'm not going to try to tell you to live your life any certain way because you know what you need and whatever you're not ready for that's okay too, because that is the journey. Yeah. So it's been beautiful. My mom and my sister have just been super amazing. I've gotten, you know, more, my relationship with them has just gotten better and better as well because Mm -hmm. they've been super supportive and I've just appreciated their, their support Mm -hmm. through all of this. That's great. It means that you had a good tribe to begin with. Yes, I, I truly do. What about friendships? Did they yeah, you know, my um I kind of just um I distanced myself from a lot of that, but I did have some good friends that I worked with and them watching me go through all of this. I mean, some of what I was talking about or going through, you know, I mean, they had to have thought it was a little kooky because I was making some really kind of wild decisions mm-hmm. in my life and and it was looking really um impulsive from, from an outside view, Mm -hmm. but they were so supportive and accepting. And it was just, you know, it just made me smile because that's true friendship. When someone can think maybe that this person is like, I don't really know what you're doing here, 
but I am going to accept you and support you anyway. And, and through that, I have just developed so much, you know, the relationships with them and in now in this whole realm of having a business and getting into social media, which was way outside my comfort zone. But I have connected with people from my past and it is just, I am just enjoying people so much coming to understand that self-love and self-compassion, which are just a practice. Everything is a practice. Mm -hmm. I have become a master at practicing, practicing so many things and self-love and self-compassion are two of those things. And the more I cultivate for myself, the more it is just like gushing out of me for other people, all of my family and my friends, nature. I just have this connection that just blows my mind. It's, it's like otherworldly at times, you know? So, yeah, (laughs) that's wonderful. So your, your self-love and self-compassion and probably self-esteem, how would you compare that to before and after? Oh, wow. Um, it's, uh, worlds apart because, um, self-love was not, I felt like if I was, you know, um, being a good wife, as much as I possibly could be being a good mom, being a good employee and coworker and, and portraying myself in a, in an acceptable way, like somebody who wasn't selfish, Mm -hmm. because I always had this message that I was too sensitive, that I was controlling, that I was selfish. So it was like, don't be selfish. And 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 portray yourself a certain way. So none of it had anything to do. I knew what was going on inside of me for years. I would have little, little things that could have been wake up calls and I would just shut it down because I felt that the most important thing was how I portrayed myself. And if I could just do a good enough job of that, that everything inside would work itself out, it would be okay. So none of it had anything to do with self-love. That just wasn't in the picture for me. So you were trying to change your inside from your outside. Yes. Rather than changing your inside first to change something out. And I knew I couldn't do that. And, but I was just in a place of thinking, you know what? It's, it's okay. I, I can just manage what's inside as long as I can hold it together, hold Mm. it together on the outside. That's some good words there, because I think a lot of people, a lot of younger women deal with that. They don't know. I mean, I think I would say the vast majority of younger women don't know that they don't have to do that. Right. And I think a lot of women in menopause, perimenopause, I think are still in that place of thinking, you know, there's something calling to them to, to give attention to themselves, but yet there's that fear, that thing of thinking that it's not going to be okay. Mm -hmm. That's true. That is the truth. Okay. I wanted to ask about maybe a lesson. I I really want to know this. If there's a lesson that you have learned by going through this painful experience, I mean, you learned so much and you got to this place of, of goodness and and beauty and loving yourself and having self-esteem and self-confidence, you know, or practicing it, right? But at the beginning of all this, it was painful, I am certain. 
So going through all of that pain that you went through for those years, do you think that there's a lesson that you learned in that, that you could not have learned any other way? Um, I think for me, I always, you know, I came to believe more and more that life is a challenge. It's, it's meant to be a challenge. It's meant to be hard and we are meant to work hard. The harder we work, the, you know, that's, what's going to give us the payoff. And I have come to understand that that is the opposite of how we need to be functioning in our lives. That, that resistance, it's, it, that all creates resistance within us that prevents us from being our true selves. It, it's what creates dis-ease. It promotes dis-ease. Disease, and yep. Dis-ease. I know. I yes. love I yes. love the way that you wrote that because when, when we were typing back and forth, you know, messaging back and forth, you had written that dis-ease. And I'm like, that is so true. It is right. that. Exactly. Yeah. So. And so now it is, I've just, when I, you know, when we tend to go to our past, it's about to resolve trauma or to, you know, try to forgive somebody. I no longer have to journey back to do any of that. Not to say maybe that I won't ever, but I feel like I've, I've done all of that. Now, though, I love to go back and pick up all the, the jewels. It's like, it's like a, um, a, a hunt. A, mm-hmm. What is that called? A, um, oh, like a scavenger hunt. A scavenger hunt. Yeah. Yes. It's like a scavenger hunt that I'm on. And I go back and I pick up the jewels that I used to think were these massive thorns, you know? And now I realize that they were truly jewels Mm. that were leading me along the way. And, and they have to be part of the human experience. It is pain. There's pain involved if we are fully willing to experience being human. Mm-hmm. And we that's kind of what we signed up for. And in order to really experience the joy, the beauty, we have to know what it feels like to experience discomfort and pain. Mm-hmm. It really is. Like our emotions are very, very much like a vice, yes. right? Like they go, they have to go in and out together. And I so love the, that. the more that you feel, you're able to let yourself feel that pain and the sadness, the more you're going to be able to let yourself feel the joy and the happy and the peace, you know, absolutely. And it really is this vice that you can't just numb one side without numbing the other. And you right. can't experience one side without experiencing the other. Yes. It, and the more you push at it, the more it pushes back. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's very true. Yeah. Well, this idea of conditioned ideas about, you know, how we are trained, you know, we're taught, we're taught that things are supposed to look a certain way. So we have this idea of what's good and what's bad and what a, a good life or a successful life is supposed to look like, what a healthy body is supposed to look like. So if you're just, if you're, experiencing discomfort or pain, there's a problem. Mm-hmm. And that I've come to understand that accepting what is 
not needing it to be any different than it is, not viewing things as bad or wrong, is there is just the freedom in that is has been amazing for me. It's huge. I mean, that whole acceptance piece, it can move pain, emotional pain or physical pain, right? It can move it from right in the center of your your vision, right? Like right in the center of where you're looking all the time to the side. And it doesn't necessarily go away, right? It just makes you able to function through life in such a better and different way. Absolutely. So I love, I love that. That's, I like the acceptance piece that you were talking about. And I love your aromatherapy that you use as a part of your healing process, Mm. your journey with your clients. That is beautiful. And my daughter just expressed to me, she's just kind of starting to get her, maybe stick her toe into meditation. And she said, mom, she said, aromas I'm noticing are having this impact on me Mm -hmm. and I'm lighting the candle. And I said, oh my gosh. And I told her a little bit about you. And And so I thought that's just so beautiful, you know, that she's experiencing that. It is really true. And we can activate that that piece of our brain with with really good different aromas. It's so helpful for meditation, for yoga, for, oh my gosh, so much stuff. Yeah. So I love that lesson that you were saying that you talked about. But now I want to talk about, we had talked before about your expectations of life, what it was going to look like before. I want to know after this whole thing and now where you are in life, how have your expectations changed? For me, I just, you know, in a way I have no expectations. I'm not, you know, I have not attached myself to any specific outcomes, but in that I just have a knowingness that, you know, everything is happening for me and mm. not to me. And it is, it is a true knowingness now. And I'm, you know, I'm walking the walk. I had a, a situation just recently where I was having this, there was a smell going on in my car. And then I thought, okay, it was something in the air that was causing the smell in the filter. Well, then I get in the car a few days later and I'm smelling a dead animal. Right. So long story short, there was a dead, apparently very large rat that had died in my engine. And I kind of went to a panic place of not, you know, knowing, was I going to be able to get someone to help me deal with this and, and all of that. And it was like, okay, Anne, this is, you have issues with odors and this is um, not being able to control this. I, I couldn't control in that, you know, I'm ready to go to bed. I can't control what's happening. I had to really just go within and figure out, you know, I, I had some of my time of panic and my thoughts going crazy. And then it was like, okay, come to this place of center and realize that this is a freaking opportunity to practice, to practice accepting what is. And that is really what I want. My practice every day is awareness and presence and just ride in the wave. And when there's ebb, enjoy the ebb just as much as I do the flow. And the more I do that, the more opportunities come to me. The more abundance comes to me, the more grateful I am, the more opportunities I have to be grateful. 
it, it is just crazy. The more I move through the fear, I can be in a place of just the utmost fear, but it has become my power tool because when I make the choice to surrender to it and, and just move through it, I come out the other end feeling like I have just made another quantum leap. You know, it's, it's pretty amazing. It almost sounds too good to be true, but it's happening. It is, I'm living it. And it took a while. It's yes. It is not something that happens overnight and it requires showing up for yourself every single day, Mm. a commitment to practice continuously. And this is not what, you know, I have not mastered anything except practice. That's what I've mastered. And, you know, I I heard somebody say the other day that the only difference between people who are successful at things and people who are okay at things, maybe not the only difference, but a big difference between the people that are successful and the people who are just average is that they do every day what other people do occasionally. Right. Yes. And I was one of those people that would, you know, I'd get inspired by something I heard or read or saw, but then I would go back to my place of, you know, making myself small. You're not enough. Now I, I don't have, I will not go back to living like that. I will not go back to my box. Mm-mm. And that is what keeps me going every day. That's what keeps me showing up because mm-hmm. I know the difference now, the how it feels and and what it looks like. And and I won't go back. I Even at that. times when I want to go into my little cove and not see anybody, mm-hmm. hear anybody, talk to anybody. Sure. That's my natural um default. That's your your you tendency. Know. Yeah. Right. But I just have to keep moving forward. And it, it is not easy. This is not something that just happens, you know, falls on your plate. It, mm-hmm. it really does take a lot of work and commitment. So I want to ask just a few more questions, but one of them is if you could go back, right? You're like, I won't, I will not go back. But if you could, if you could right now, the way you are right now, could go back to you, right? As you're sitting in the sadness of your situation and the pain in your body and all, you know, that whole time that like the lowest time and you could go back to yourself then before all this change, what would you say? Well, I actually do that on a regular basis because I connect with my inner child, you know, regularly my, you know, I have this vision of me sitting down on this bench between my inner child and my inner teen. (laughs) And, um, sometimes one has, you know, a pout face and the other one has a pissed off face, you know? And so what I would tell them, what I do tell them is that I am here for you. Begin paying attention to that inner voice. Don't ignore that inner voice because I ignored some really loud inner voice messages. Mm. I ignored them. And so my message to my, you know, my inner child and teen is to to listen and to follow those, those um, stirrings inside of you mm-hmm. and to trust that all of this that ha- is happening is part of your journey and it is perfect. And when you are suffering, when you are scared, 
when you are angry, I am here for you, walking with you. Interesting. I like that. Okay. What do you think are three things, like the top three things that people who are going through big life changes need to know? No, not not necessarily exactly what you were going through, but who are in the middle of those big life changes. What are the three pieces of wisdom you would give them? For me, I would say the first thing would be to show up for yourself. And and what I mean by that for someone who maybe just hasn't ventured into this realm yet is this is an opportunity to begin your conscious journey Mm -hmm. by just giving yourself five minutes a day to go into a quiet space um, where you can just listen, just listen in silence, knowing that your brain is going to try to bombard you with thoughts. And, and so you just, you let that, let your brain do its thing, bring mm-hmm. it on and just know that that is happening. But the more that you practice that, the more you can begin to differentiate the thoughts from your, you know, that your brain is just continually bombarding you with and the, the little whispers that are going on inside of you, guiding you. So that's something that is, I feel is just a, you know, a five minute thing somebody can do every day that can begin to have a major impact on their lives. Absolutely. I think I love the word conscious because the way that I would interpret that oftentimes for folks is intentional, you know, that, that it's an intentional journey into your consciousness. Like it is an intentional journey that you are you're taking five minutes intentionally. Yes. Deliberately. Deliberately to do something yes. for you. Right. Absolutely. Is there something else? What's the next thing? Yeah, I would say that um, the just to contemplate just for a moment. And sometimes people, they, I mean, I would have told someone not out loud because that would have, of course, been unacceptable. <laughs> but inwardly, I would have just said, bullshit. What the hell are you talking about? But that is to just for a moment contemplate the idea that life actually is happening for you rather than to you. And that instead of thinking that bad things are happening, to start thinking about why is this happening? Could it be for a a powerful reason that could assist you in, in healing every aspect of your life. That is beautiful. I love that just a little bit of mindset shift, right? Right. It's not happening to you, but it's happening for you. And what does that mean? If that was true, if that is true, what does that mean for you? And is there one more thing? And I would just say that would be to um, begin to practice awareness Mm. that just paying attention to your thoughts and how you are reacting or responding to those thoughts and start to follow the roots of those thoughts. Where do those roots lead? So that you can start to make connections and and just start to pay attention to the sounds going on around you. 
the, the feeling of the breeze blowing on your skin. Imagine, do a simple thing. Like if you take a walk, imagine the trees are looking at you rather than you are looking at them. And if the tree could speak, what would the tree be saying to you? And how does what that tree is saying to you differ from how you speak to yourself? Interesting. I love, I love all of that. Those are some good words of wisdom and good insights. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you so before I you. ask my last three questions that I ask everybody on my podcast, I, I want to give you an opportunity to talk a bit about how we can get in touch with you, what you're doing right now, just all of those things. Well, I have a website and my web, my business is called Surrendered Spirit. And so my website is surrenderedspirit.com. And I have a um, Surrendered Spirit Facebook page. Uh, I'm on Instagram as Surrendered Spirit. And I am, um, I have a private Facebook group called A Safe Space for Healing. That's just kind of small and just getting off the ground. And then I have a much larger group called Mind Body Masters, private Facebook group that um, if anything that I've said resonates with anybody, they could um, join my group. And Perfect. I'm working one-on-one -on -one at this time, looking to create something larger, a container with five to seven women down the road here. But for now, I'm working one-on-one -on -one with clients and loving it. That's great. Good. Well, thank you so much. Okay, here's my three questions that I ask everybody. We might know this, but there might be something different. So I want to know an event that changed you. Yeah, I think I'm trying to think if there would be anything different than what I've already shared. But one of the things that I would say that wasn't so much an event, but it was more of like a light bulb that I had this just and I didn't think this thought. I just I received this thought, you know, because I had talked about wanting to be at the beach all, you know, all through my life. And I had this light bulb moment of why don't you just go stay at the beach for a month? And it was like, oh my gosh. And so that's what I did like three times for just a month. I would come stay at the beach, you know? And so that was really like empowering for me. It was like, I've got the power to freaking live my life the way I want to. Yeah, it was a and pivotal so, event for yeah. you, really. That just even that mindset. Yes. That's, yes, that's great. great. That's good. Okay. So a person who changed you. I, I've had several people that have had impact on my life, but somebody who has really had an impact this past year, over a year, a little bit over a year, has been my mentor. I had been listening to her podcast and she played a, a part in my healing journey in relation to Dr. John Sarno's teachings. Mm -hmm. And I felt this pull and I emailed her and and shared my, some of my story and she responded back. And that was kind of the end of that. And then I, you know, over a year ago, I was here for a month and I was having this pull to, to contact her. And, and she had mentioned on her podcast that she, you know, works with clients. And so I filled out an application to work with her and I've been in a relationship with her ever since. And she, um, she has her own mentor and 
I just ended a, a container with her and some other women called Awaken the Alchemist. And now that ended and I have jumped into a new container, a larger container, because for me, I've come to understand that I, not only in my business, but for me personally, I want and need a mentor. It helps us to have somebody who's objective, who can see things that we just can't see because it's us, right? Just like, just like they have their own coach. Absolutely. You know, so it's not, I walk the walk when I, you know, try to let people know how valuable it is to have a mentor, a coach. I walk the walk. I have a coach and, and, you know, money is just energy and however much energy we're willing to put into ourselves, that's all it really is. And so you're showing up for yourself you're investing in yourself by being willing to hire a coach to walk alongside you on your journey. Yeah, preach. I just think <laughs> that's that is so true. We all need that. We yeah. all need that, right? Right. We were made. We were made for this to have somebody be with us and walk with us in our journey that can can think outside of our of themselves for us, right? And because we can't do it with somebody who loves us that like that, like is in relationship with us. We have to do it with somebody who, who can be objective and, but still cares. And yeah, I love that. That's great. Well said. You said that perfectly. (laughs) (laughs) So a, a book that changed you. Mm, Yes. I, uh, it's, I have so many books. I mean, Eckhart Tolle, he is just like my person, you know? But I would have to say the book that had the biggest impact on me, I had read um, The Untethered Soul twice, and that was just life-changing. And then what really just made me just begin to walk the walk at another level was The Surrender Experiment by um, Michael Singer. All right. The Surrender Experiment. Yes. It is his story. You know, I would, as I was reading, it was like, this is amazing. And, but I could never, I mean, I want to surrender, but I could never surrender like he is. And now when I look at the steps outside my comfort zone that I'm taking, I have fricking surrendered. Yes. (laughs) Well, good for you. I am going to, I'll put that, that link in the show notes too. Okay, great. And thank you so much for this conversation. It was a fun thing to get to know you better and just to get to talk and hear your story more. So thank you so much for being with us. And thank you, Wendy. I mean, this conversation has just fed my soul and I (laughs) love the work that you're doing. I just, when I listen to your podcast, I, it it just really, I felt such a, a calming energy, just such an authentic spirit and well, clearly you're coming from a place of integrity. So I really appreciate you very much. Thank you. That was just sweet of you to say. Okay. Well, we will chat soon. Thanks okay. so much. Thank you. Don't you want to be friends with Anne now too? I knew you would. What a beautiful soul. I love her story. Moving from disease to wellness. And now she's helping others get there too. I was so thankful that she talked about the connection we have between our emotional pain and physical pain. There's very little way for us to separate them. And I'm not sure I really understood this before I began working with folks with chronic pain. 
Our brains and bodies were created to be so connected. We have one place in our brain, right in the middle, that causes us to experience pain. Emotional and physical pain are experienced in the same place in our brain. So when we experience more emotional pain, our physical pain increases as well. And when we feel physical pain, our emotional pain gets bigger too. We have no way to separate them. And we've all experienced this. I know I do. When I have a headache, for example, I'm so much more triggered emotionally. And when I'm sad or hurt or grieving, all those things that are hard for us to feel, I tend to notice way more my sore muscles and headaches and tummy pains. Just like you can't experience one without the other, it is also important to know that you cannot treat one without treating the other. When physicians treat chronic physical pain without addressing emotional pain too, it will always have limited results. I was so glad Anne talked about the results she has had by addressing her physical and emotional symptoms together. We are created to be in balance. No part of us can be affected without impacting all the other parts. So where do you need to find balance today? How have you been impacted by physical and emotional pain? I want to challenge you to take some time to reflect on how this is playing out in your life. I would love to hear from you too. I really would. Send me a quick message on Facebook or Instagram. Thanks for joining me for this conversation with Anne. And if you are enjoying these series, please go leave a review. I'd love to have it. Written reviews are such help to me and to the people who are checking us out, right? And don't forget, go join us on Patreon and have a great day. I'm so glad you joined us. Make sure to subscribe so you can get all the episodes and you can help support our podcast by clicking the support button in the show notes or going to our website, essentiallybetterlife.com. Follow me on social at Essentially Better Life and check out my website for all kinds of information on business and personal coaching, my book, and even some great stuff on essential oils. Thanks for listening. Blessings and be well, my friend.